0: ION 2020, episode 60. Have 2020 vision with ION 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. hey everybody it's ray eaton your host of i on 2020 your source for the news and related events for this 2020 election cycle that we're in appreciate you listening in today and tuning your ears to hear about some of the uh, issues that are facing some of the campaign promises that these guys are making uh, i scour through the news every single day day in and day out and try to find you all of the uh, related events with regards to this 2020 election. And that's what I do, and I talk about it when I, when I talk to you guys every day, Monday through Friday. So I appreciate you coming out and listening. And if you want to see all the news articles that I find, I pretty, pretty much put a link to every single one of them on my website, and that's iontheempire.com. And you'll also see those through my Twitter handle, which is at I and the Empire, and I'm not only covering the uh, candidates and their issues on my website, but I'm also covering our empire that we live in, uh, and that is the United States, if you are listening in the United States. I think about 7% of my listeners are actually outside of the United States, so I'm starting to realize that, and that I'm trying to, you know, Change the way that I say things just because of that. Because maybe, you know, when I'm talking about us as United States citizens, that doesn't re- that's seven percent of the people that are listening out there are not United States citizens. So uh, maybe I need to start framing things a little bit differently. But besides that point, uh, I appreciate you listening. I really do. And if you want to find all that news, you can go to eyeontheempire.com. Um, man, I appreciate all of you that continue to listen. I know yesterday. Uh, I was saying Mueller Report, and it is Mueller Report. And uh, if you didn't tune out about three or four minutes into that show because I just couldn't get the words right, well, you know what? That's how I've always been. You guys know that. Uh, I don't really listen to the news. I read the news. And sometimes I'm just, you know, reading through news article after news article after news article, and I'm getting these names wrong because when you're you're reading the news articles, you just – cruising through and your brain automatically assumes a specific way of pronunciating things as well. And, uh, that's what I did. But then I'm sitting there talking to my wife last night and, uh, she's like, no, it's Mueller report, not Mueller report. And I said, Oh, okay, that's cool. So, uh, I was, then I started listening to the show that I did. And after I'd already released it, I was listening to the show and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Oh Lord, these people, are gonna think that i'm crazy but i'm not crazy i just don't watch the news i don't listen to other people i read the news so that's just uh i guess the mistake that i make i guess but my wife she'll watch the news and she'll actually listen to the radio uh about the news as well and i do a lot of podcasting but i don't listen to a lot of podcasts that are like about local event not local events but like um the events that are going on right now, current events. I'm not listening to a lot of shows about stuff like that. Uh, so, anyway, just keep on listening. I really, really appreciate that you do that every single day, Monday through Friday. I'm bringing you a new show. So, if you want to hear the show tomorrow, then you're probably going to want to go ahead and subscribe to the show. That's the easiest way to hear it tomorrow because it's just going to hit your podcatcher. I'm on all of them: Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Podcasts, and about 10 other podcatchers as well. Uh, you'll be able to find our show in and uh, or this show. And also, um, if you want to go ahead and follow me, go ahead and uh, you know, follow me on Twitter. That's an easy way to do it. And give me a five star rating and review, and that'll really make me happy. Uh, but hey, today, what I wanted to talk about is I started looking into some libertarian candidates because I've been getting really bored of just covering these democratic candidates. I mean, all they do is want to just give you everything. And uh, and we all know, we really all know this, that America, although the supposed richest nation in the world, is the nation with the most debt in the world as well. I mean, $22 trillion is just sitting out there uh, gaining interest every single day. And our government has to pay... The United States government has to pay that money back at some point. And all these candidates on the Democratic side, all they want to do is just... Um, there's like a race to see who can promise the most things. I mean, I'm looking at uh, Julian Castro's Twitter the other day, and, it, and he just has this list of like five or six things that are like a human right. They should have health care, free college, free child care, you know, six months off after... You have a baby, all this stuff that he's just promising, so it's just like these people are just on a race to see who can promise you the most stuff. and I just needed to get away from that for a minute, so I started looking into trying to find some libertarian candidates, like a real libertarian candidate, somebody that um, is a true you know tiny government guy or even an almost no government guy, and I found one. Uh, and I think he's a, a no-government guy in the sense that uh, he wants to abolish the federal government completely. And that's Adam Kokesh. And uh, I, no, I don't necessarily know if I agree with him on every single thing. I can say that. But I don't know too much about the guy except for what I was reading on his website. And it says that you know, if he gets elected president, the first thing that he would do is sign an executive order... So after he gets sworn in, he's gonna march on down to the the White House and sign Executive Order Number One, which is gonna be to dissolve the federal government in a structured way. So he talks about how he's gonna release a book that's gonna talk more about that structured way of making it of abolishing the federal government completely. Um, that would be a very hard thing to get most Americans on board with, since Americans tend to be very nationalistic. Like they love their country. They salute their flag. They say the Pledge of Allegiance every single morning. Like that's the propaganda is there. So that'd be a very hard thing to get people on board with. And I don't know that he will get the libertarian nomination because of that. But you do have a lot of libertarians that ideal ideal like ideally they feel the same way and ideologically they you know are right in line with adam kokesh on his views with regards to the federal government and they say yeah there should be a time when there is no federal government um and take things to the local level and then at that point you can like, once you got rid of the federal government or just had some kind of you know maybe between the states have some kind of, you know, pact that says that they will help to defend each other or something in case of invasion, right? Uh, but more or less no federal government at all. A lot of libertarians do feel that way. If you look at the, the Mises Caucus, if you look at a lot of the Rothbardians that are libertarians, they feel like there shouldn't be a federal government at all or any government at all. They, they consider themselves anarcho-capitalists. Is what they call that. Which when they when you say anarcho-capitalist, it's better. It's probably better to say something more like an anarchist state that um, where there's no top-down approach, right? That then that there's a free market. So free market capitalism, free market government, which would have no government whatsoever. I guess is the best way to describe it. Um, but they in short, they call themselves anarcho-capitalists, and in some ways they just they they want to get rid of all government completely and have everything privatized um right down to the roads so you're gonna hear you know so adam kokesh i believe he is on that road towards like an anarcho-capitalist type um candidate right but he's decided that he's gonna run for the libertarian ticket and at the very minimum i think it'll be good to have his voice out there as like that Further away from government voice, right? The person that's not the Gary Johnson is like, oh yeah, we're just gonna fix the government. We're gonna fix things and maybe make the government do less because we're fiscally conservative and socially liberal. That's the Gary Johnson type libertarian, right? That still believes in the state, still believes in these state apparatuses. Then you have the Adam Koches of the world that don't believe in the state apparatus at all. In order, because the state is just a, is just a. An entity that uses force against people, and it's not really us the people. It's not we the people, because we the people give that f- power to the federal government, which then goes and confiscates, you know, 30 40% of our wealth at some points, right? So, but I wanted to go over his platform because he's the only libertarian candidate that I found that's like solidly running right now. He's releasing a book, The Whole Nine Yards, right? and he wants to get that libertarian nomination and i think he's starting off early and it might make a splash because there are a lot of rothbardian libertarians that are becoming members of the party right now the libertarian party and they might get a lot of support at the national convention next next year and that'll help him to possibly ride a wave into having that nomination and he did say this i mean obviously a libertarian is not going to win especially someone with such an extreme views as his in this and when i say extreme views i mean like nowadays socialist views are not extreme right socialist views are like normal um even though 30 years ago they might have been extreme views right when i say extreme i don't because i think it i think when when you say extreme a government that comes and takes your money by force with by the you know by the threat of a bullet that's pretty damn extreme if you ask me right when i say but when i say extreme about adam kokesh it's just outside of the normal way of thinking when i say extreme right because that's extreme you know that the first day i'm going to go inside an executive order that says i'm going to you know dismantle the government in an orderly way and he does take a realistic approach to it where it's you know there's some things that'll go away almost immediately like the department of education because that's just a matter of not funding it anymore getting rid of the irs because that's just a matter of not funding it anymore right and but then you have the military you have national parks you have social security things like that they're going to need some kind of way to make it happen and on his website he does talk about those things, but I think he talks about it more on his in his book as well, and obviously it's just you know he's trying to sell some books uh, that's going to help him raise money so he can get that nomination if he can, if he keeps on working towards it. but let's just jump into his website really fast just to take a look at it and see what he's saying because I mean I think that there's there's some good points that he has, and if you are a libertarian like me, it is a breath of fresh air that you just don't have the um, fiscally conservative socially liberal talk going on because that's really not what libertarians are Tom Wood said it best and I wish I could quote him exactly but he gave one of the best speeches I've ever heard on this issue in 2016 at the libertarian convention and he said that we are not social, you know, socially liberal and fiscally conservative we are against the use of violence and the initiation of force and that's it You know, And everything else springs from there. We're against the use of violence in the initiation of force. Or more likely, we're against the initiation of force, because you can use violence if somebody initiates violence against you. If somebody breaks into your house and starts attacking you, obviously you can use violence to defend yourself. But the initiation of force, the person that is the initiator of that force, we're against that. We're about peaceful existence without using force against other people. And everything else, the free market happens from there, capitalism happens from there, you know, free flow of goods happens from there. Everything starts when you say, I'm against the initiation of force, and that's it, that's where it all starts from. Uh, so anyway, let's jump into this guy's website really fast. Uh, I thought it was a breath of fresh air to listen into him, so I want to let you guys know about him as well. If you are a liberal, you're probably going to hear some things that uh, you know are way outside the normal grounds. You know because these are people that are anti-state, that are against you know the, the state, and not they're not like terrorists. They're not people that are going to violently overthrow the government. They're people that want to turn their backs on the government, so it just goes away on its own. And in his world, he says, you know, in Kokesh's world, it sounds like he says, you know what? If I get elected president, then I could just you know, go in there and and get rid of all of the, you know, all of these bureaucracies that have been built up over time. Obviously he can't get rid of the constitution, right? But the things that the president is in charge of running, he can, he says he could probably get rid of that. And uh, I don't know how much legal basis there is on that. So, but let's just hop into his website and see what he's got to say. So let's get into talking about who is this guy. So it's, his website is Kokesh for President. That's spelled K-O-K-E-S-H, for President. So kokeshforpresident.com. And uh, there's one section in there that says about Adam. And let's hop into it. His early years, I mean, he was born in California in 1982. So he's a, for to me, he's a younger guy. I was born in 1977, so he's five years younger than me. So he must be, tur- oh, he's turning the right age to be president, what is it, 37 in order to be president? So he's turning 37 on February 1st of next year. Is that, no, that'll be 38, sorry, so it must be 38. to be Yeah, I think it's 37 to be president, isn't it? Uh, Let me know. Uh, I'd have to look it up and see. I'm pretty sure it's 37 or 38. So he's the right age to be president. Um, He was born in California, and uh, he grew up, but the thing that he gets into is that he was a military, he's a military veteran, right? Um, Adam's grandfather was a military veteran. Um, and then it says that he volunteered to go to Fallujah in 2004 with a Marine Corps Civil Affairs team where he was mer- you know promoted to sergeant. For his tour, he received a Navy commendation Medal and combat action ribbon. So spent some time over in Fallujah and uh, then it says political activism and to- activism. In 2007, Kochish joined Iraq veterans against the war and helped bring the organization to national prominence as its most visible leader. He first came to national attention for holding up a scorecard during Alberto Gonzalez's testimony to Congress regarding the dismissal of U.S. attorneys, keeping track of how many times he said, I can't recall. His photograph appeared in many national newspapers and resulted in dozens of TV interviews. He was later to become the story himself when prosecuted unlawfully by the Marines while he was in the inactive reserves for staging a street theater protest that included a mock combat patrol to bring a small piece of the reality of war home back to Washington, D.C. So he was an activist since 2007, which... Uh, I've heard of him before, so then let's go on. Adam was an active supporter of Ron Paul and would eventually come to to found and lead veterans for Ron Paul, organizing a stunning march on the White House for vets to turn their back on Obama and raise awareness about military suicide. He was invited to speak at the 2008 Revolution March in D.C., organized by grassroots Ron Paul supporters, and his speech that day has put him on the map as a promising representative of the freedom movement. And I know he's always been a huge supporter of Ron Paul, and Ron Paul was, in 2008, had more donations from active-duty military than any other uh, campaign, and obviously so because Ron Paul was against the war and, uh, and was for pulling the troops out of Iraq and Afghanistan at that time. He always said, We marched in. We could just march right back out. And, uh, you know, so active duty military really did support that guy, Ron Paul, and uh, Adam Kokesh did as well. And you could, uh, you know, I mean, if if your life was on the line because you were having to go to Iraq, I'm pretty sure you're going to be against that war, especially when you're the one that's there. You're the one that's watching the day-to-day things that are going on in that war, and you're realizing while you're over there more and more, Why are we here? What are we doing? There's no reason to be here. I've heard lots of, you know, veterans say that. After the debate on Iraq was won, Adam turned his attention to other freedom causes and continued his effective advocacy, organizing, and civil disobedience. He has been arrested over three dozen times for protesting, smoking cannabis, not smoking cannabis, cursing, filming on the sidewalk, and even dancing from mainstream to independent it says adam first began his career in media with the birth of adam versus the man as a radio show in albuquerque uh, on kiva in 2010 after six months it was picked up as a tv show for rt america after four months on the air he was fired for criticizing putin and went independent online to focus on podcasting and youtube where he was over 60 million views, that's insane. And I think he's also on um, a couple of these like blockchain type websites as well where he's able to make money doing that. Uh, That's what I've seen as well. He is also known for his nonviolent communication and Socratic dialogue techniques, that's Socrates, Uh, in his Man on the Streets videos. Recently, he has shifted focus to blockchain-based social media, and is very active as a promoter of Steemit, where he releases ex- exclusive content. Yeah, so Steemit, i have been on Steemit before, and I've seen him pretty heavily prominent or prominent on there as well. And there, that's a way that you could actually make money—you can make Steam coins, I guess, uh, or earn Steam by posting things online. So he's pretty polit- politically ap- active as a ex-veteran. And that's a good thing. I mean, you got somebody that can stand up against the war and realize that this, you know, industrial complex, this war industrial complex that America has is not good and that all of the government spending on war is definitely not good as well. And he's willing to stand up for that those things, which I think is a very good thing. Um, and that's it. So, I mean, he's now he's running for president, and that's it. So he says... Um, his third book, America Freedom, will detail the platform of dissolving the federal government as is scheduled, and it's scheduled for release July 4th, 2019, to kick off the American Freedom Tour. One of the reasons for his success is his commitment to doing a national tour, hitting 100 cities every year. So he's going to, he has this American Freedom Tour, hits hits 100 cities every year, I guess, and he'll be kicking off in, around July 4th of this year. And he's going to also release a book and that's going to talk about How to Dissolve the U.S. Government. So if you want to know how he's going to dissolve the U.S. Government, just wait for his book, I guess. Um, But he does get to a few small points on his platform page. And it says, The platform is simple. When When elected, I will swear in, walk to the White House, and sign one executive order. This executive order will lay out the process for dissolving the federal government in a peaceful, orderly manner. With it, I will be resigning as president, To become custodian of the federal government, the executive order will appoint heads of each federal department or custodians who will be instructed to carry out a mostly predetermined plan for their departments. The only authority that I will retain will be to replace custodians if they are unable to complete their responsibilities or are not faithfully executing their plan. Now, one thing I realized, I mean, this is obviously pie-in-the-sky ideas and it's a little bit crazy but he's he's making a point that he's going to try to you know dissolve the federal government. I don't. I'm I'm pretty honestly sure that the f- pre- president does not have the ability to um, dissolve the federal government. I mean, the president makes a oath that says that he's going to defend the Constitution. I guess so he can at least dissolve the federal government from the bureauc- bureaucracy standpoint. But he cannot disband the federal government from the standpoint of getting rid of the constitution getting rid of the congress getting rid of the house representatives uh getting rid of the senate getting rid of the courts that's something that he cannot do but he can definitely get rid of every piece of bureaucracy in some way that's not legally binding so some he says some agencies will be very easy to do away with like those that perform only regulatory functions, like the Department of Education, or those that perform completely illegitimate functions, like the IRS. Some departments, like Justice, Federal, Federal Bureau of Prisons, Interior, need to be handled carefully and, in some ways, transferred to state governments. National pro- parks will be preserved as independent nonprofits that will be open to the public. American troops abroad will be immediately brought home in a responsible and orderly manner that does not endanger their lives. All foreign federal properties will be liquidated. The offensive weapons, weaponry of the Department of Defense will also be liquidated, while defensive weaponry and appropriate personnel will be appointed, apportioned to the states, and the funds will be used to create endowments for the newly privatized Department of Veterinary Affairs, Owned by veterans and Social Security, and the Social Security Administration, owned by every American who has paid into it as of the signing of the executive order. So he's talking about making Social Security a private organization that's, you know, wholly owned by everyone that's paid into it, and then somehow they'd have to appoint managers and so forth, but it would no longer be public. It would now be private. And I could I could agree with a lot of that stuff as well. Um, if you're a president and you're doing stuff that is outside the bounds of the Constitution and your job is to defend and protect the Constitution, then maybe there is ways to get rid of a lot of those things as well. Um, and ideally, you know, we would want to slowly take power away from the government. He's saying just go in there and just sign that executive order to get rid of all that stuff. Um, definitely you can support him on those. So it says, Well before the 2020 campaign, I'll be releasing the exact plan of this campaign as a book called American Freedom, which will lay out the general plan and principles of the platform because the executive order will be constantly under development in order to stay current with the state of the government. As the campaigns progress, we will have an updated version of the executive order on this site. By the time I'll be seeking the nomination for the Libertarian Party at our 2020 convention. So, possibly more he's trying to sell some books right now with this uh but he's definitely running and most people that are libertarians i mean they're running a lot of times just to get their name out there let's be honest um to get to become like a i don't know like a famous person within the libertarian movement or something that's what that's what i've seen with some of the people that were running last time right uh the gary johnson's in the world i think he really believed he could win to be honest, I mean, he is a libertarian. I remember listening to him in 2012, I on the debate stage and with, uh, you know, during the 2012 Republican campaign, and I remember listening. I was like, wow, this guy's really libertarian, um, almost so much as Ron Paul. And Ron Paul Paul's on the stage as well, by the way. But you know, I was like, these are the only two people that are actually making sense up on that stage. So, I mean, he struck me in 2012. Then when he ran for the libertarian ticket in 2012 people supported him and then 2016 people supported him but the you know the people that are further on the spectrum towards less government those anarcho capitalists they just de- de- detested this guy a lot but i mean if you look at that I really think when he ran in 2016, when Gary Johnson ran in 2016, he really thought he could win. I don't think he was trying to sell books. I don't think he was trying to get rich from it. I really thought that in my mind that he thought he could win. And he made all kinds of stupid mistakes. He said all kinds of, you know, dumb things. He had his Aleppo moment, the whole nine yards. But he really thought he could win. And I think that's why they brought Bill Weld on to make it more sound like more legitimate as well. Um but not true libertarians the to the fullest extent is what i'm getting at whereas kokesh seems like he's a true libertarian to the fullest extent that's what it sounds like to me on his web page um but a lot of it i mean when these guys are running that are not really known nationwide a lot of times it's more to you know sell books get get their name out there become like a figure that's recognized within the libertarian movement i guess you'd say um like when Ron Paul ran in 1988 as a libertarian, I don't think that it was to try to get his name recognition out there. I mean, the guy went and ran for Congress again, I think two years later. So uh, maybe, yeah, I think it was two years later. It might have been even then that year. I'm not sure. But there are people that are just trying to get that libertarian, you know, on that on that debate stage during the convention for that reason. I don't I'm not sure about this Kokesh guy. It seems like he's real when it comes to what he's saying. He's you know, he has the last what is it, ten years, eleven twelve years now that he's been an activist, a political activist. Uh, he's pretty well known within some of these libertarian circles. So, um, I think it'll you know, it'll be a good person to have on that debate stage because he'll probably be very eloquent in the way that he talks about you know, dissolving the government and moving away from, you know, the, the powerful federal government that we currently have now. Uh, but, hey, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you coming back, even after yesterday when I could not get the word molar right. Uh, even after that, I appreciate you coming back. And uh, come on back tomorrow. You can do that by subscribing to the show. And if you do come back, you will have clear vision for 2020. Thank you.